guys, welcome into a special free agency off-season episode of On the Mass. This is your host, Stephen McCary. And elephant in the room, the Clippers have done a overhaul. And yeah, so we have PG-13, and more importantly, we have Kawhi Leonard. And I just wanted to jump on a podcast and share my thoughts and I know there's a ton of content out there already, so I'm a little late to the game, but hey, I wanted to put my thoughts out there and and give you guys something to listen to. So here we go. I mean, it was really no secret that the Clippers had been really courting Kawhi Leonard all year. They had executives at nearly every Raptors home game, away game. Anytime they had an opportunity to make their presence felt, you know, they were there in the Clipper-branded polos. Um, you know, Kawhi's a Southern California guy from Riverside, King High School. Um, shout out the Wolves, alma mater. Um, so it really made sense, and Kawhi had wanted to be in L.A. after he made it known that he was ready for a trade out of San Antonio. And he wasn't too thrilled when he was shipped to Toronto, but, you know, I respect the guy for, for giving 110% every game he was there ultimately leading them to a championship and my thought all along had been I think the Clippers have a really good chance he wants to be in LA he doesn't want to be playing next to LeBron in his shadow and I thought you know we have a really good shot as long as as they don't win the title and so I'm watching the playoffs go on and I was rooting for Kawhi because I like Kawhi and I wanted to see him win but at the same time, I was rooting for Philly. I was rooting for Milwaukee. And I'm not even going to lie, I was rooting for the Warriors. I thought, I, have, I, I, I don't think we have any chance if Kawhi wins the title. I think if it's, he wins the title, it's a done deal. He's staying in Toronto. He's inking probably a two-year deal. Um, but there's a chance that he signs for, for the five-year max. So I was hesitant all along during that title run. And then... As, as free agency started, there was some smoke that he was going to be leaving Toronto. And with all the sourcing out there, I mean, I hesitate to call it sourcing. Um, all the Twitter folks that thought they had the inside scoop, shout out Ari Abraham, shout out Ari Ambition, um, saying that the Clippers were out of it. It's a done deal. He's signing with the Lakers. He's signing with the Lakers. Um, Jalen Rose, I trusted his credibility more than most people out there. He's pretty pretty locked in when it comes to his sources, especially being a former Toronto Raptor himself. I listened to him when he said there was a 95% chance Kawhi signing a two-year deal with Toronto. And I had all but lost hope in Kawhi coming to the Clippers. And, um, you know, it was just a waiting game. I had, you know, I had the slightest hope in the back of my mind that Kawhi is going to come to the Clippers and you know I was was eager for him to make a decision I thought if he goes to the Lakers uh, it's going to be really tough to recover from that I still like our chances of just rebuilding through Shea through Shamit through Zubac Um, I wasn't necessarily worried I trust the front office I trusted that we would be in play for another star down the road with all the assets that we had acquired but man I knew that if the Lakers got that it, we would be in some trouble because we would never hear the end of it. It would cement our our place as the baby brother in L.A. And it would have been tough hearing that all year that, you know, you guys 
worked so hard. You were at every game, and, and for what? He signed with the real franchise in L.A., and I was not ready for that. I was ready for him to sign back with Toronto. Um, so I went to bed on, on Friday night not thinking that we'd have a decision. Um, everyone's made light of the earthquake already. Yeah, I've, I felt it too. Um, but, you know, I've lived in California my whole life, so I, I wasn't too shocked by anything. Um, so I went to bed, and, you know, at about 11.45, I was, I was in a dead sleep, and I don't ever wake up to text messages, anything, and my phone was just buzzing off the hook. And so I, I took a look at it, and the first thing I saw was a text from my uncle Clippers will always be second fiddle to the Lakers, and that was a text from my uncle, who's a big Laker fan, and all I thought was, damn it, they did it. The Lakers signed Kawhi. Here we are, the Clippers. We got nothing to show for it, so I opened the message, and it said, congrats, and so I, quick, I'm scrolling through all my notifications, and I see Kawhi signs with the Clippers, and then I see Clippers trade for PG-13, and I'm rubbing my eyes, what the hell, this isn't right. No way, they signed both of these players and I see that we gave up an unprecedented amount of draft compensation and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And my initial thoughts were, oh, man, that really sucks to lose Shea. And I hadn't seen the, you know, the details of the picks yet, but I thought, Paul George and Kawhi, you know, that's the price you pay. And so I, I jumped out of bed, and I'm looking through Twitter, scrolling through Twitter, scrolling through Bleacher Report, seeing everything from Woj and... You know, I had I I didn't expect any of this, especially going to bed Friday night. And I, I had been telling everyone the whole through the whole process. You know, the Lakers they're talking, things are getting leaked. Um, you're not hearing anything from the Clippers. So in the back of my mind, even though I had lost hope, was okay. The Clippers front office they move in silence. You didn't hear anything about the Chris Paul trade until it was done. You didn't hear anything about the Blake Griffin trade until it was done. You didn't hear anything about the Tobias Harris trade until it was done. That's how this front office works. And so, I, I mean, props to them for keeping everything under wraps. Um, Paul George apparently said, get, or I'm sorry, Kawhi apparently said, get Paul George and I'm coming. And so the Clippers worked like madmen trying to get a trade out of the way. And uh, wow, I, I can't believe they pulled this off. This was, this was something... Um, I didn't see it coming. I don't think any Clippers fan saw it coming. No insider saw it coming. I, I, I've listened to some Woj, but I, I'm under the assumption that he didn't hear anything either. So I, I'm really blown away that this front office can, can negotiate deals and keep it all under wraps. And I think that means a lot to someone like Kawhi, who, you know, he's quiet himself and he doesn't want all his business being put out there. He wants a competent organization that's going to be run the right way. So I think that was one of the selling points along with Doc Rivers, Jerry West, and this team that they had built around him. But ultimately, without that second star, I think he, he resigns with Toronto or goes to the Lakers. So the fact that they were able to get Paul George was really the selling point there. So the final details on the trade ended up being Shea, Gallo, the 2021 Heat, 2022 Clippers pick, a 2023 Heat pick and a pick swap with the Clippers, 2024 Clippers unprotected, 2025 pick swap, and then a 2026 unprotected pick, um, our own pick. And, you know, initially I thought, wow, that's, that's quite the haul for OKC. 
you know, good job by them. We got back Paul George. Okay. I'm impressed, but at the same time, damn, that was a lot. And then, you know, as things started to process a little bit more, the shock went down. I'm thinking, okay, you know what? We didn't just get Paul George. We got Paul George and secured Kawhi Leonard, the biggest free agent the Clippers have ever signed and probably will ever sign. It validates us as a legit franchise and it puts us in title contention for at least the next four years. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, all these picks that we've been acquiring, this is what they were for. It was to go after a Paul George. It was to go after a Bradley Beal or whoever, one of these stars we had been acquiring all these picks in the, in the Tobias trade in the, you know, lucrative Mo Harkless three teamer that gave us a first rounder back, you know, just days before the Clippers had all of these things. It was calculated. You know, we weren't just going to sit on these picks like Boston and, and wait to make a move. And then, you know, you never jump on anything. And now what are they stuck with? They have nothing to show for everything that, that they acquired. And so I think this was the move that the Clippers needed to make. And I'm, you know, those picks are far down the road, but you win a title and all of that worry goes away. Everything is validated. And I don't think, you know, I don't think one title is, is our ceiling. I think, you know, we can contend for all four years of Kawhi Leonard and, you know, whether we flip Paul George down the road his health is a concern or he, he stays healthy and, and he's, you know, number two on this t- during this title run. I, as long as we win a title, nothing matters. And I think, you know, I, I really think we're winning the title. I wanted to get in a little bit to the winners and losers of the trade. Obviously, the, the winners here, the Clippers, Doc Rivers, Paul George, um, that kind of goes without saying the Clippers, you know, they waited out all year for this, um, validates them as a franchise, puts them in title contention, all those things. Uh, Doc Rivers, this is probably the most fun he's going to have since that 08 Boston run. He has two elite wings capable of guarding anyone, two of the best two-way players in the entire league. They can create their own shot. Um, so many actions that he can run for them. I, Shout out to Basketball Breakdown on YouTube for his latest video, Does Kawhi and PG Make the Clippers Title Contenders? Um, just the analysis that he did, I'd rec- highly recommend that if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but all these sets that Doc Rivers has, all these different lineups, he can go small. Um, I still think the Clippers need a backup center even after uh, re-signing Jamichael Green. I like some of the smaller lineups they can run out there with Trez at the 5, um, Jamichael at the 4, even Mo at the 4. Uh, you know, you have lineups that you can run out there with Pat Beverly, um, Kawhi, and PG. You know, Clamp City, it's real. It was real last year, and now it's on Supernova. Um, man, Doc's going to have such a blast coaching these guys. <laughs> as much as fun as he had last year coaching Shea and Shamit. Doc likes veterans. He likes guys that he can run out there. He can be hard on, um, and, and he doesn't have to worry about coddling them and, and worrying about their development. So he's a real winner in this situation. The Clippers front office, um, Lawrence Frank, Michael Winger, Trent Redden, um, Jerry West, you know, this wouldn't have been possible without them. So they're real winners here. 
Um, and then we got to get into the Lakers, you know, not winners. I'm sorry. They're losers in this whole thing. They're losers anyways. They're the Lakers. Um, they've been losers for the past eight years. So, uh, you know, they thought they were, they were going to pull a fast one on us here and, and steal Kawhi from right under us. And it turns out the whole time Kawhi was playing head games with them and, you know, asking them to extend the AD trade just so he could keep it under wraps just a little bit longer, wait for the Clippers to pull out that Paul George trade, and boom, he signed with the, with the Clippers anyway. So that was, that was fun to watch. Um, you know, waiting, waiting it out the whole time and not signing any big-name free agents, it, it was worth the risk because if, if the Lakers had gotten Kawhi, let's face it, they're, they're the winners here. But, um, you know, instead they whiffed and instead signed – Danny Green to $30 million over two years. They signed Rajon Rondo to a three-year deal. You know, I, I'm sorry. Clutch Sports has the Lakers by the nuts here. He's got KCP. I think by the end of this, KCP will have been paid $45 million by the Lakers. And, you know, what does he have? What do, what do they have to show for it? Um, so you got KCP, Rondo, um, Danny Green, who else did they sign? Boogie Cousins. You know, the Lakers got to have some sort of spotlight on them at all times, so why not take a risk on Boogie Cousins and bring them back? Um, there's just a lot of questions with their roster, a lot. There were a lot of questions last year, um, mainly shooting. And you had Danny Green, who's who's a good shooter, and I think probably their third best player. Uh, you know, Kuzma's a shooter somewhat, I guess. Uh, he can create his own shot, but... It's still something you lack after Kyle Korver was bought out by the Suns today, so I think there's a good chance that he signs with the Lakers. But you just have so many questions on this roster, and it really is almost like last year. And so I think, I don't know, can we count on Anthony Davis staying healthy for the, for the year? Can we, count on, can we count on that? Because, you know, I think one injury to either LeBron or Anthony Davis, and I think this team's back where they were last year. And I think six to one as a title favorite is, or I'm sorry, not as a title favorite, but just six, six to one odds to win the title is, is a little high for this team. Um, granted their ceiling is really high, but I think just one, one long-term injury to one of these guys. And, and I think they could miss the playoffs. The, the Western conference is again, stacked. Um, I, now I don't foresee them missing the playoffs, but I don't see them being a top, of the standings, I think they might finish as, as a four or five seed. Um, Anthony Davis has taken his team to the playoffs two times. And I know everyone likes to point out how bad those Pelicans teams were, but they really weren't that bad. They really weren't. Um, and he's won one playoff, one playoff series. So I'm not too concerned. You know, any team with LeBron, you have to respect They're They're going to be in, playoff contention no matter what he's always going to put them to their floor any LeBron James led team's floor is playoff that's really all I want to say about the Lakers there's going to be plenty of people focusing on them this year and a lot's going to be said about them and you know people are going to paint them as the favorites they have AD and LeBron cool their roster is not in any way built around those two guys the way the Clippers is they don't have nearly the depth that we have. Uh, you know, you just look at these rosters up and down, and people are people are calling it a battle for L.A., and 
I just think that the Clippers, you know, any way you look at it, edge them out. They, the Lakers are really top heavy and they're top two. They might be better fit together than, than the Clippers top two. Um, but I think that's, that's where the, the Lakers, that's the only edge that they have. So, um, it'll be interesting to see the matchups this year. I think the Clippers have much better shooting, uh, Shamit, you know, he shot 45 from behind the arc last year and really the only shooters that the Lakers have are, are, are Danny Green, um, KCP off the bench, Kuzma shot below 35% from beyond the arc. So I'm not really worried about their shooting and, you know, maybe, maybe going big is making a comeback in the NBA and the Lakers are at the front of it. So we'll see. They're going to be a tough front court matchup. I, I you know, there's a, been a viral video going around on Twitter that's saying like Trez can't guard AD question mark, question mark. Um, and I think it shows Montrez blocking AD um, twice in the same in the same possession. And I don't think that tells the whole story. I think Montrez is much better defending bigs than he gets credit for. Um, but I think the Lakers front court is going to give us some fits. But with that being said, I I don't know. There's no answer for our wings. You know, I, the Lakers have no answers. LeBron is 35 years old, and he doesn't guard the same way that you know, he used to have the reputation for, um, I think, you know, he still takes it as kind of a personal challenge when someone takes him one-on-one. So he, he, he does have it in his bag still, but most times you look at his off ball defense and he's, he's, that's when he gets his rest on the court and same thing with Rondo. Um, and shit, if those two guys weren't enough, then you got to come and you see Patrick Beverly in your mug, man. I, I don't want any part of that Clippers defense. Um, and don't get me started on the depth, man. It is just unfair, some of these lineups we can roll out there. You have Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell, who were such a force in the pick and roll last year, coming off the bench. Um, you know, there's a lot of lineups. I've seen a lot of hypothetical starting fives that have Shamit coming off the bench. And so you think a pick and roll with, with Lou and Trez, and then you have Shamit in the corner, kick it out to um, Rodney Magruder, Mo Harkless. Man, it it really is truly unfair the amount of depth that we have. I haven't seen something like that uh, on a Clippers team since maybe 20, 2012 or 2013, just the sheer depth at the end of the bench. So it'll be interesting um, to see these Laker-Clipper matchups, but like I said, I, I don't think it's much of a, much of a uh, fair, fair fight. Um, but like I said, that's really all I wanted to spend on the Lakers. And I guess I forgot to mention this um, when talking about the winners and losers of this trade, but really every NBA fan in general, I mean, unless you're like a hardcore Lakers fan or something, um, I think we're all winners here. We have so much parity in the league right now. While the Clippers are the odds-on favorite to win the title, I don't think they are the juggernaut that Golden State has been for the last few years and before them Miami was. And so I think just we're going to have such a fun um, April, May, and June. I, I, I don't think, I don't, I mean, I've been an NBA fan for a while, years now, but I just don't remember a time when there's been this many really, really good teams, teams that all think that they're on the brink of, of, of reaching the finals and competing for a championship. When you look out East, you have Philly who, you know, talk about going big, being, being, making a comeback really wow 
they don't have a guy in their starting lineup smaller than six foot six. I think Josh Richardson will be the smallest one, and then you have Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. Um, that is insane. I don't know how teams are going to defend that. Um, but then that comes with concerns of Ben Simmons shooting. Is he going to be able to find a jump shot this year? Um, and are you know what are they going to be able to do come playoff time? Al Horford, I think, puts them in a really nice position. Uh, he has really good pedigree and veteran leadership. But you know, I think that whole thing hinges on um, Ben Simmons and whether or not he can find a shot. And really, is Joel Embiid going to stay healthy? He's been really healthy the past two years, but I guess injuries are always concern. Um, with with someone like that and then you look at Milwaukee who I think got worse in this offseason they they had to pay Brooke Lopez he was such a critical part of their lineup last year with the spacing that he created for for Giannis but um, I think you know signing signing Eric Bledsoe is going to be one of the worst things that they did um, you know they gave him an extension in the middle of the season and he was playing really good basketball during during that stretch last season, but then come playoffs time, George Hill was better and uh, Malcolm Brogdon was better, and you know losing Brogdon I think is really going to hurt that team, uh, and so I just I'm not sure how far they can go, and I don't know, I don't know what your ceiling is when your second best player is Chris Middleton and you're paying him five years, 190 million dollars. I, it's tough for me to to see the you know to see the light at the end of that tunnel. So we'll see if they can, they can compete and, and, you know, find some of that success that they had last season. And then you look at Toronto, obviously losing um, its best player. You, you go down the line, Boston losing Kyrie. Um, while I do think that's kind of lateral for them, I think losing Al Horford was really the thing that's going to hurt them the most. Uh, I think losing Kyrie not to say that they're better without Kyrie. I think that argument is pretty nonsensical, but I think that the chemistry between those younger guys is going to be a lot better. You have uh, a fully rested and healed and recovered Gordon Hayward, and I think you're going to see a lot more point forward with him, and I think Kimba is a great addition. I think that's just a lateral move, swapping Kyrie for Kimba, and I think um, just the locker room presence alone is going to be a lot better for that team. And then you know, I just don't see anyone else in the East. Um, you know, I think there's there's a couple moves to be made still. I think Russell Westbrook is going to get dealt here pretty soon. I think I think Russell Westbrook to Detroit, um, I think that puts them in the upper echelon. I think, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook to Miami. I'm not sure how well him and Jimmy Butler can coexist, and I'm not sure what goes out in that deal. Um, so I'm not sure what the pieces around them would look like. I think Justice Winslow probably is gone. Goran Dragic is probably gone. Um, so, you know, what does that do to, to their team? Um, and then you come out West and obviously Golden State's been decimated. Uh, you know, it's likely that Clay will be out until February or March. And then we'll see, can Steph carry a team um, through the regular season because I think if he can get them probably a top six seed I think when Clay comes back I think they're a, a scary team you don't want to see them in the first round of the playoffs if you're the Clippers and you don't want to see them really if you're anyone um, you know Denver is a lot better um, they're they're they got a whole year of experience under their belt they have playoff experience under their belt um, Michael Porter Jr. is coming back I, he's 
I've seen some of his uh, workout clips from this year, and he's looking like a guy that's going to be a tough matchup for anyone. He's, he's a real big guy, and he can shoot the ball. His pull-up game is incredible. Um, so that's kind of an X factor you got to watch with Denver. Houston, uh, we know what they are. They're, they're a really good regular season team. They're going to get you a lot of wins. But in the end, I'm not really worried about them come playoff time. Um, I think, you know, just the workload that's put on those two guards, it, it doesn't really age well when it comes to, to May basketball. Um, Utah, Utah has really retooled their roster. Um, that Mike Conley trade, really, really, really sneaky. They're going to be a good team. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I'm not going to be the first to say that they're really good next year because, you know, they've they've put kind of the NBA on notice that it's just a matter of time before they do something big. Um, you know, we obviously talked about the Lakers. Uh, San Antonio, yeah, I think they have a move in them maybe for Russell Westbrook and maybe Russell Westbrook for, for DeMar DeRozan straight up. Does that put them as a, in title contention? I don't think so, but you just got to watch these things. So um, the league is just so wide open. And, and uh, you know, as, as a basketball fan, I'm, I'm more excited. But as a Clippers fan, I'm extremely excited. We've never... We've never had a chance to really compete for a title. I think the Lob City ceiling was was the second round every year. Um, every year I'd get my hopes up, and this is the year. You know, Charles Barkley's on TV talking about this is the Clippers' year. They're going to win the title. Skip Bayless always talking about Clippers are going to win the title. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew that you know we just didn't have what it took to get over the hump. In 2014, I thought. We were really close in 2015. I really thought we were close, and we flamed out both of those years. So I'm still trying to learn what it's like to be a, a fan of a team that really has a shot. Um, it's it's still a little weird waking up and knowing my team could legitimately win the title this year. Uh, it sounds dramatic, I know, but as someone who's just a big sports fan, it's something that I get really excited about. I'm can't believe that we're in this position. I knew that all the things we were doing leading up to this were, was going to give us a pretty good shot, but I just, I didn't see this coming. I'm, I'm so shocked. Uh, I'm extremely thankful for all the guys that kept us in contention um, for playoff bursts the past two years. I'm really thankful that, you know, we ended up getting the guy like Tobias Harris on our team, that we ended up having dogs like Sendarius Thornwell and, and Tyrone Wallace who went out there and gave it their all every single night and kept us uh, kept us afloat during this retool. You know, it's sad to see those guys go. Um, I'm thankful for, for all the games that they gave us. And, you know, they kept us from being a laughingstock. They, they made us a, a blue-collar franchise that, you know, a guy like Kawhi Leonard could look at and say, I want to be a part of that. So, you know, it was tough to see them get waived, uh, but you got to look at the big picture and all of this, you know, as the one thing I've learned the past three years is you can't take anything too, too hard, um, especially in a rebuild like this, a rebuild and retool. Guys are going to go, but you know that there's, there's a bigger picture that, you, that that front office sees. And so I've really, it's been a struggle, um, but man, I'm just on such a high I can't even express how excited I am for this season. Uh, it's probably going to be the most fun season of basketball I've ever got to watch. I just have a feeling that there's this team's going to play with so much joy. It's going to be like watching 
2014 Warriors, 2015 Warriors. You know, those guys played with just so much joy. Seeing Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell off the bench last year, those guys were just happy, happy to be six men. You know, they didn't ever want the, the, the spotlight. I don't think anybody on this team wants the spotlight. And for me, it's just so cool to see a bunch of blue collar guys putting the, the better of the team ahead of anything else. And I, I don't know, man, you, that says something when you got a culture of, of we, not me. Um, it's so rare in today's NBA and I'm just so thankful to be a part of it, man. And it's going to be one fun ride. That's all I got to say about that, man. It's going to be a ride for sure. And, you know, there's one, one prize waiting for us at the end. And so I think, you know, if we play hard and we go out there every night and, and our guys give it everything they got, it's, it's not a stretch to say that we really can compete for the title. I look forward to doing more podcasts this year. Um, you know, shit got busy last year. I'm not even going to lie, man. It was tough. I, I watched all the games. I went to games and, you know, I, I was, I was there and I was supporting, but it's just hard sometimes to get on a podcast. It's hard to get people to come on, but I look forward to doing it more this year. I know there's going to be, um, a lot more podcasts popping up. So I'm excited to hear Clipper content. Um, you know, I'm excited to see all the, all the fans, you know, home games this year and really going forward are going to be something else, man. Something that we've never seen. We've never really had a home court advantage when it comes to our fans. Um, and I, I know that these moves are going to bring out the bandwagoners, man, but you know what? We've never had that. So bring them on, man. That's all I got to say. Uh, it's tough to see people come out of the woodworks when you've been there all along watching you know you've been there in the in the tough years you've you've lived the downs and now these guys get to come and just experience the high but you know it's gonna be fun so shoot I don't care this is my team I want other people to enjoy my team too so let's let's bring on the bandwagon fans but uh one thing I'm really excited for I seem silly but I just can't wait to buy a Kawhi Leonard jersey I've been waiting forever you know, since last year when the rumblings of him were coming first were heard, I was like, damn, I cannot wait to get a Kawhi Leonard jersey as someone like, I don't know, IE Pride, whatever, Riverside King. It feels cool to rep someone from my hometown. Um, it's going to be really, really cool to have that jersey. Uh, you know, I don't have too much else, but, you know, let me know what you guys want to hear this upcoming season. Um, shout out to the other Clipper podcasts out there, Clipcast, Clipper Nation, um, the lob, the jam, I think it's called something else now, the SB nation podcast, shout out to all our beat writers out there, Tomer, um, Lucas, Jovan, you guys do a great job. I, I love listening to your shit. Um, I love reading it. It's really cool to, to see you guys. You're so, uh, involved with the team and in the day to day stuff. So, um, let's have a fun season, man. Uh, rate and review me. I'm on Apple podcast, uh, Spotify, wherever you can get your podcast from. Um, and, you know, I'm on Twitter at Clippers Podcast. Uh, shoot me a DM if there's something you want to hear. If anyone ever wants to be on this podcast, man, I'm always looking for guests. If you want to talk basketball, if you just want to shoot the shit about the Clippers, please just DM me. I am more than available to hook up with you via Anchor. So um, reach out to me. Uh, that's it, guys. Man, what a, what a what a fun what a fun time we're in for. You gotta love Clipper basketball.